Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast that explores the vital connection between our mental and physical well-being. I'm your host Avik and today we have a very special guest who is not only a seasoned dental professional but also a passionate advocate for holistic healthcare. Our guest today is Dr. Teresa Young. Welcome to the show doctor. Thank you very much. So happy to be here Avik. Great, great. So, uh, Dr. Teresa, like before we start delving deep into our conversation, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, Dr. Teresa Young is a DDS uh, dentist with over three decades of experience practicing dentistry in the vibrant city of Los Angeles. So, Dr. Young is uh, not your typical dentist. She has not only built two successful practices from the ground up in today's insurance driven world but has also dedicated her career to teaching clinical dentistry and patient management at the prestigious UCLA School of Dentistry so her extensive knowledge and the education to her field have led her to write extensively on dental topics and serve as the editor of Vespius a publication of the western los angeles dental society so her philosophy is a refreshing one emphasizing that a person is more than a mouth and a set of teeth so she firmly believes in putting the patient's interests first and has authored a new book nothing but the tooth an insider's guide to dental health so which set to be released on August 23rd and i guess it's already released right am i correct right yes it's it's already released great great so guys like if you definitely you can uh, uh, check out this book and i i believe definitely it will help you with lot of informations so also in today's episode which is titled the big story we will delve into the intriguing connection between oral health and overall well-being So Dr Young will shed light on how your mouth serves as an entry point to your body making your dentist a crucial player in the management of your health so with uh, warnings often manifesting in the mouth as early indicators of underlying diseases dentists are frequently the first to diagnose issues and guide patients towards better health so but here's the real question is Do you know enough about the various dental practices and the procedures that can keep your mouth and by the extension your overall health in tip-top shape? So Dr. Young will help us navigate this topic. So, 
so stay tuned for enlightening conversation with Dr. Teresa Young as we embark on a journey to better understand the link between oral health and our overall well-being. So whether you are a dental enthusiast or just someone looking to make informed choices about your health, this episode is for you. So let's get started to pass to a healthy mind and a healthy life. Welcome to the show again, doctor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very pleased to be here. Great, great. So, uh, so that, like, doctor, like, uh, just to start with, if you can share, like, uh, with our listeners, like, what dental anxiety is and why it's prevalent issue among the patients. Well, yes, that's a very good question, Avik. Um, Dental anxiety is very common and prevalent. So when I was um, probably 20, 21, in my very first job with dental insurance, I went to the dentist and I had a filling done and they kept on nudging me and telling me to wake up because I was falling asleep. So I thought that that was normal, but I come to find out years later that that's not, that I'm the outlier and most people don't fall asleep at the dentist. In fact, um, dental anxiety is a very real thing and it affects the dentist um, performance and it affects, it affects everything. So the more anxious you are, for example, if you think you're going to feel pain, chances are you're you're more likely to feel pain. You may experience more symptoms afterwards. So the more relaxed you are, the more relaxed the dentist is, the better job he or she is able to do, and it will affect the outcome and success of the procedure and uh, of your recovery. Um, yeah, so how can we help patients relax, you know, through all of this? There's, there's our techniques such as breathing techniques, mindfulness. Years ago, my son and I took a mindfulness course where we went for several hours once a week for something like 10 weeks. And I was amazed at the techniques that you learn by focusing on your body and being contained and focused on the immediate and the present just what kind of effect that has on your well-being and on your ability to control your situation. Now, your listeners might think, oh, well, that's too new age for me and eh, forget it. Just give me a pill, you know. So that's 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 acceptable, too. You can contact your dentist and they can write you a prescription for some kind of anti-anxiety medication, but be aware that whatever it is, you might need to have someone accompany you to an appointment that it may not be as safe to drive as if you weren't taking anything. Uh, there are offices that have laughing gas or nitrous oxide, and that's a great relaxant but not every office has that. So if it's something that you need, then find a dentist that has that. Uh, for the very phobic patient, there are dental anesthesiologists. I have had patients who you can't even shake their hand without them shaking and quaking. And those people, they need to be put to sleep. So that is an option. Uh, avoid having the dentist also be the anesthesiologist, have a separate person come in, a qualified, trained anesthesiologist who can oversee all of that 
and then plan your procedures so that everything is done in as few appointments as possible. But for the average person, you know, distraction techniques might work. And by distraction techniques, I mean music, listening to listening to a podcast, listening to this podcast, your podcast, Avik, or listening to books, music, watching a video, whatever it might be. Uh, dentists too can contribute with distraction techniques. They they are experts and they're trained at using distraction techniques to give an injection and with their bedside manner. Um, one very important thing for dentists is to tell patients this is what's happening. So depending on the patient, some patients want more detail than others, and the dentist needs to be sensitive to that. But one important piece of information for all patients is, um, Avik, wouldn't you want to find out? Yes, this particular procedure that I find uncomfortable, I want to know how long it's going to last. And that's going to help you with your mindset on what to expect. So have your dentist tell you approximately how long certain things are going to take. For mm -hmm. children, it's helpful to bring something like a stuffed animal, bring something with you that the child can hold on to during the appointment. But parents, be careful of what you say. Comments like, oh, honey, you're so brave to be doing that. Or after the appointment, we're going to go and get you a toy. Well, those types of statements have subliminal messages. What they're saying to the child is, oh, I'm being brave. So this is something that's bad that I need to overcome. Or I'm going to get a toy, a reward afterwards. So that means, again, I'm doing something that's unexpected, that's beyond the everyday and I think you want to set up your child with an expectation of lifetime expectation that visiting the dentist is a normal part of everyday life. And it's something that's not seen as a negative experience. So parents should be sensitive to that. If between two parents, there's one parent that's very nervous and the other parent that's, uh, you know, maybe the other parent is like me falling asleep at the dentist, then you would have that parent bring the child because the parent's anxiety can be conveyed to the child. So it's yeah. important with children to watch your nonverbal cues and your subliminal messages. Uh, for, for adult patients, when you go to the dentist, you know, wear comfortable clothing, schedule the appointment early in the day. We've all experienced some kind of event. For me, it would be if I'm on a flight that leaves very early in the morning and I set one alarm or two alarms and I'm still find myself waking up every hour because I'm paranoid that I'm going to oversleep and miss the flight. And that type of anxiety can translate to a dental appointment that's at 4 p.m. So at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you're, you're worried about that appointment. So I haven't early in the day. In the office, there are things that the office can control. Is it too loud? Is the music too loud? Uh, is it too warm? Tell, tell the office so that you're comfortable there. Um, but the most important thing is that today, dentistry is, can be, and should be painless. So as a patient, get anesthetized, get numb. If you're not numb, tell the dentist before he or she proceeds with the procedure. I think a critical 
the most important thing is to find a dentist that you have trust with, that you can have a relationship with, where you can say, I'm nervous, or I need this, or I'm not numb, or whatever it is, find a dentist that you can communicate with, because any kind of anxiety leads to less than ideal outcomes, can lead to. Exactly. That's that's definitely true. So, uh, like, from here, like, just to understand, like, what are some of the common reasons, like, people experience dental anxiety? And uh, how can understanding this reason help individuals cope with it? One common reason is if they have had bad experiences during childhood. I've heard this over and over again, where um, as a rational adult now patients know the patient knows that okay you're not going to hurt me you know you're only five foot three and you're 110 pounds there's no way that you can hurt me and you seem nice and i don't feel any discomfort in your office but when i sit in the chair it brings back all of these memories that i had from my childhood where my mother brought me to the dentist who was who played golf with you know her or with with my dad and that dentist said something to me such as oh it's just a baby tooth and you don't need to be numb for that and went ahead and did a filling and i felt everything so all of those memories rush back every time that patient sits in the chair so so that's why whatever experiences you have as a child it's so important to the rest of your your dental life uh, another common reason is people have been, you know, uncomfortable or felt pain in the past. So it's really incumbent upon the dentist and it's a partnership between the dentist and the patient to ensure that every single patient is comfortable and is numb before anything proceeds. So those are a couple main reasons. Got it. Got it. So uh, that that's, that's really great. And uh, one thing is also coming to my mind, like dental anxiety can also be a kind of uh, significant bar barrier to seeking the regular dental care. Now, how does avoiding dental visits due to anxiety impact oral health in the long run? So what do you say? What you're describing is so true and so real and I have seen this uh, repeatedly over the years, that there are patients with such extreme dental anxiety that they don't do anything until they absolutely have to. And then when they do finally visit the dentist because they're in such excruciating pain that they can't take it anymore, they open their mouth and it is a mess in there. Teeth have broken, teeth are, are broken off at the gum line. They need multiple extractions. It's really a tragedy. It's so sad to see. But those patients then have to be uh, put to sleep and then have everything done. And then the cycle repeats itself. So, you know, not only do they impact their ability to eat, uh, to speak, Many of them are very self-conscious about their mouths. They walk around with their hand over their mouth. When they laugh, they definitely put their hand over their mouth. They smile. They don't show their teeth. They don't show anything. It affects their self-confidence. It undermines every aspect of their life. 
In addition, those teeth that are so uh, broken down, they can become infected. Infection can affect the rest of the body and create problems throughout your body. So for, for these people, it's it it's becomes an intolerable situation got it definitely that's that works and uh so like what role can dentists and their staff play in creating a more welcoming and anxiety-free environment for the patients the very first person that the patient sees is the the person sitting at the front and it starts from there. You open the open the door to the office, and the office should be a calming, soothing, welcoming environment. That person sitting in the front, it would be nice for that person to address the patient. Hi, how are you? Make them feel welcome, not be distracted or on the phone or looking head down, looking at their work or looking at a computer screen. So it starts there. And every aspect of the office should be made to feel, have the patient feel welcome. The most important thing is that relationship with the dentist. If you don't feel like the dentist is listening to you, if you say to the dentist, you know, I'm really nervous here. Uh, Is there something you can do to help me? Or can we talk about it? And the dentist is looking at his watch or her watch or saying, because they're on a schedule, then that patient will be made to feel as if their problems are being dismissed or ignored. So if you need extra attention, if you need extra time, find a dentist that will accommodate you. But that dentist might charge you a little bit more, and that would be fair. And there are some dentists that specialize in helping and treating patients that have a higher level of anxiety. And find find a practitioner, a provider like that who can help you. Got it. That that's true. So, um, okay. Now, like some people uh, resort to sedation dentistry to manage their anxiety. Uh, so, what are the pros and cons of this approach? For for the people that I described earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones who don't do anything until it's really too late, who have a mouthful of problems, that person is the ideal candidate for sedation dentistry. And it's it's a, it's a great way to go. But as I said earlier, I would not go to an office. I would not be a patient in an office where the dentist is doing the sedation himself or herself. Have another professional come in in, in the United States, there are uh, there's a specialty, dental anesthesiology, where dentists get additional training in anesthesia. And uh, I have had these people come into my office and they come with all of the equipment necessary, all of the safety equipment and monitors and so forth. And they set up in the office so the patient comes in and then the patient gets sedated and then I get to work. And that person, that doctor is there the entire time monitoring the situation to make sure that everything is safe and is going well. Um, that's a very viable option. Got it. So, uh, okay, like how can friends and family members 
support loved ones who are struggling with uh, dental anxiety and encourage them to seek the uh, necessary dental care uh, that's <laughs> that's a loaded question i i i don't know how friends and family can help somebody who's so anxious uh, do they do they intervene and drag them to the dentist if it's a if it's a child i suppose that a parent could but like any other situation where there's behavior that's destructive um, that individual i firmly believe needs to recognize that that is behavior that's destructive to them and to their ha- health and then admit it and and seek treatment because Ultimately, friends and family may have that person's well-being at heart, but uh, they can't sit in the chair for them. They No one can solve your problems for you. They can encourage you. They can give you information. They can, they can, they can introduce you to a therapist or to techniques, um, but ultimately, you know, that person needs to actually want to change their situation. Um, going back to your earlier question, I just thought of something, Avik, where you asked about sedation dentistry. So say you have a lot of health issues. You have very high blood pressure, for example, or you're obese, or you you, you suffer from other significant health issues. There's an option for you even to have this done at the hospital. There are hospital dentists, hospital dentistry, where you can go into the hospital and under an even more ideal set of circumstances, be anesthetized and have your dental work done. So that's unusual, but that is an option. So uh, are there any resources or uh, organizations that individuals with dental anxiety can turn to for the support and the information? Um, off the top of my head, I don't think so. I uh, um, I don't think that there are organizations or support societies like that, uh, but there's room for it. Certainly, uh, there's 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 opportunity for some kind of organization like that to be set up. But there are there are therapists that deal with anxiety. We have we all have anxiety. We live in in an anxious world with problems that are much more significant and larger than individual dental anxiety, um, as you can see by just listening to the news around us. So I, I think that there's there's anxiety is something that that needs to be controlled in all aspects of our lives. So um, before we wrap up, like if you could provide us or with our, with our listeners with a few key takeaways or uh, the actionable steps for addressing the dental anxiety and achieving the healthiest smiles. Yes. The first step is to recognize and admit if you have dental anxiety. And then if you do, the next step is to find a dentist that you can establish a relationship with who will address your anxieties and take you seriously and help you with one of the coping mechanisms that I talked about earlier, such as either mindfulness techniques, distraction techniques, uh, medication to help you schedule your appointments early in the day, make sure that the office environment is comfortable and compatible for you, have the dentist 
explain to you everything that's being done. And then uh, afterwards, discuss about what the outcomes and what the symptoms might be in, in baby steps, little steps along the way, you know, depending on your level of anxiety. You can start with just scheduling an appointment to meet the dentist to figure out if you two like each other or schedule an appointment for a cleaning and proceed, but baby steps. The most tragic situation is to let your mouth get to such a point where you've got so many issues in there that cannot be treated and the teeth need to be extracted and you have developed further health problems because of the situation in your mouth. So that that's that's true. Great. So thank you for joining us on this enlightening episode of Dental Anxiety navigating the fear for healthier smiles. So we hope that all of you uh, have found our discussion with Dr. Teresa insightful and helpful in understanding and addressing the dental anxiety. So as we conclude today's episode, we'd like to leave you with a few key takeaways. Uh, like dental anxiety is a common issue, but it doesn't have to stand in the way of your oral health. So understanding the root causes of your anxiety is the first step towards managing it effectively. So regular dental care is essential for maintaining a healthy smile and avoiding dental visits due to anxiety can lead to more significant dental problems down the road. So there are various techniques and strategies as well as supportive dental professionals like Dr. Teresa. Uh, so available to help individuals manage their dental anxiety and also feel more comfortable during the appointments. So do not hesitate to reach out to the organizations and resources uh, dedicated to dental anxiety if you or someone you know is struggling with this issue. So always remember that your oral health is a crucial part of your overall well-being and addressing dental anxiety can lead to a healthier smiles and improved quality of life. So we'd like to express our gratitude to Dr. Teresa Young for sharing the, his exp her expertise and insights with us today. So if you found this episode valuable, please consider subscribing to Healthy Mind and Healthy Life for more discussions on the topics that impact both your mental and physical well-being. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the future episodes, please reach out to us through and share a feedback through our social media channels. So until next time, take care of your smiles and remember that a healthy mind and a healthy life go hand in hand. So thank you for being a part of our podcast community and we look forward to having you with us again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Avik. It's been such a pleasure being with you today. Great, great.